Who's the most dangerous artist to listen to while you're driving? Megan Metallica. the Stallion. Frosty. Nickelback. <laughs> what is happening? Man, I was very excited to do this podcast. That answer just went so many different directions. <laughs> no, let's not get into that. But well, let's get into it. Okay. My sister is here on the podcast, sounding like the freaking you know the, the you know PR. the you know the TikTok um, kid that goes, uh, what is it the number one uh, Fortnite we about to get down? Get down. Just, yeah, you know that one. Just yeah. just wiped out Tomato Town. You sounded like that when you said Frosty. Frosty. Why am I the most dangerous yeah. thing to listen to? What was I that? Mean, was that a diss or was that a compliment? I mean, if I'm listening to Strange Flavors, I have no idea where you're going. I could be zoning out and just end up in a ditch. She said what she said. So that's like a backhanded compliment. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's dangerous to listen to you, but it's awesome to listen to you. I just don't you. know where his thoughts are going to go. They're going to be either so woke or so dumb. I just don't know. <laughs> I just the, go with the flow. The important thing is she called me dangerous. And one you of my idols only, once said... You would only do that. Like, she... He, uh, move on. Why did I say on. that? Continue. The, the greatest entertainer on earth once said, because I'm bad. I okay. thought she was gonna say like your you songs, like one of your Honestly, songs, and I was yeah, like, I, I was like, no. I was like, that's a vibe. Like I, I can get with that. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Honestly, honestly, you guys, there was nothing else I could think of, and he was sitting next to me. <laughs> okay, Shamir, you said Metallica. Yeah. Do you actually listen to Metallica in the car? Well, you don't because do. then you'd crash. Yeah, but no, I do. And, and then, I, oh, that's the time you dangerous. end up on the other side of the road. Yeah, that's the time I... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't end up... But PTSD, sorry. S- sometimes you get it in the zone. Like, it's a very aggressive sometimes. And um, you can go out of control. And if you <laughs> encounter road rage, yo, worst. Because then you'll be yelling out there. And it's pretty bad. It, it, it like, it heightens your road rage. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Amber, Amber, what was yours? Megan the Stallion. She's like twerking Are while driving. Are you trying driving. to twerk while driving? <laughs> no, the, the energy, the energy. L- listen, like, do you remember that energy that um, Bodak, uh, I'm over here about to say our song, Bodak Yellow. Do you remember the energy that that song gave? Like you just wanted to go up no, to everybody no, in the face. Because I remember Bodak and just Brown. Like, <laughs> I, I also remember Bodak Brown and I completely forgot the Bodak Yellow lyrics because of it. But do you remember how like you wanted to go up to somebody in the face and just be like... <laughs> Listen, yeah, I watch people like you in my rear view. If you wanted to, you know? And so that then translate, And then also, like, sometimes it's a Beyonce energy too, right? You're like, wake up, flawless. And then it goes to Megan. She's, like, owning that field right now of, like, just making you feel like the baddest bitch on the road. I said what I said. Um, yeah, I, it's... <laughs> I will say it's fun watching those people. When someone's yeah. having a good time That's doing their mm-hmm. thing, I just kind of look at them and smile. I'm like, go you. That's my favorite <laughs> like, moment. You're, you're really enjoying yourself. Yeah. I've learned recently that I can, I've learned to control myself when I'm listening to DMX. That used to be a problem for me. When I'm hearing like, dun, dun, <laughs> and then X going, give it to you. I was like, oh my God. But now <laughs> I've learned to kind of control that. Right now, Nickelback. I put on Nickelback the other day. My brother and I were coming back from Virginia. Oh my God. I put that thing on and I was out of control. Shamir is upset because he doesn't understand the goatness of Nickelback. Hmm. But once their songs come on. You chose on, Nickelback, fam, for Dangerous Song on the Road. What, what type of like so dangerous. reaction are you expecting? So, so dangerous. Nickelback? I can play you. Is it, is it- 
No, is it because of the nostalgia of things? Like when mm. we remember when we were going to Ohio Pile and we threw on that '90s, early 2000s playlist and we were going crazy. That was crazy. Like Akon, Rihanna, Disturbing, zero like Nickelback. Zero no, Nickelback. It was a song that I haven't even heard by them. And once I promise you, this is a guarantee. Once I play that song, it's called Animals. Don't listen to it without me, okay? But I'm oh telling the audience, put that song on in your car on full blast. You are going to lose it. Nickelback, goaded. Okay, well... <laughs> oh I, get, I get them and the Foo Fighters mixed up. Save yourself. You're about to like ruin your whole reputation from people. Oh my no, gosh. No, no, no. This man also no. listened to R. Kelly right after and jammed to that, so... <laughs> Ooh, she said that. <laughs> it's, his music is good. I listen to it too. <laughs> I'm Anyways, really controversial. Oh, you're gonna get yourself canceled. Let me do the intro. Yeah, let me do the intro. Very controversial. Coming very in controversial, hot. but thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. And this is the strangest and greatest <laughs> podcast in the game. It's brought to you by Olive Theory. You can email us or send us your music at yeah. strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like, if you enjoy this podcast and want to share with all your friends, you can share on all social media. You can also see our beautiful faces here on YouTube. Be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And yeah, if you want to support this podcast, like all our wonderful donors, such as Bobber's Bagels, Cassie's Cupcakes, Erha's Ices, Freeha's Falafels, and Uslam's Apples, there's a link <laughs> down below. Ooh. And we also have an awesome YouTube channel that goes by the name of Ronald Ponal. We have a Patreon with exclusive content. We have a great community on Discord. And we also have amazing merch on ronaldpono.com. But also, we have another announcement that Frosty will take. Thank you for of. that amazing transition, Shimmer. And Ooh. I love that your voice got lower right at the end there. It makes <laughs> it much more important. The anticipation. We are now taking sponsors for Ooh. the podcast. If you want your business uh, to be promoted on the greatest, the strangest and the greatest podcast in the game, reach out. Tell your uncle who owns the pawn shop down the store that if he needs more customers at the pawn shop, that Strange Flavors is taking promotions. Okay? Or also, if they want to promote to their mention, online pawn business, let us know. Yeah. We can help that. We have, some, we have some of the greatest supporters in the game that allow us to continue doing what we do. And we got a big baba in the building right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Big baba we do Neha. have a big baba in the building. If she, if she had a if she had a strange flavors town, what would it be? Neha's Nehari. I don't know why. I, thought, I said Do you Neha's want Nehari? Nukes. Neha's what? Nukes. Nukes. <laughs> Nukes. <Because it's, laughs> I play too much Nehari, Call of Duty. Nehari, get it? Nehari is in the name. Neha's is there Nehari. any American N? Uh, Neha's noodles. Neha's noodles. Neha's noodles. Oh. I like and that. Amber noodles, calls noodles. me Nunu. Nunu's noodles. I like that. I like that one. Okay, sold. Sold. So come on down. Uh, we have a great. We have a great town. We have awesome supporters. Uh, great ramen. And yeah, that too. Um, and great ramen. But come support us. Okay, another big announcement. Shamir, you didn't amp it up to be two announcements, but listen. That was the announcement I was talking about. But oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but that was an important announcement, too. Yeah, it was. But this is an even more important... No, this is an equally important <laughs> <laughs> announcement. Both of them get us money. That's yeah. the main thing. <laughs> um, we are launching the first ever 
official Ooh. Strange Flavors merch. Whoa. Wow. What? <laughs> Where do I That's buy it? insane. What the heck? No way. Dude. Listen to me. Listen to me. The drippage on this, very literally, is real. <gasps> it's, I know lying. I'm acting surprised, but I've seen it and it is fire. <laughs> I have zero big, big drip. Baba approved. I have zero drip. I need this. You need this. And trust me, if you, if you believe in our mission here of connecting with strangers all over, of believing in everybody's unique flavors, you want this merch, you got to show it off, go rep it. Strangeflavors.store. Listen and to it me. And it looks good. It looks good. And where can they buy it? Strangeflavors.store. Strangeflavors.store. Uh, well, you guys need to come up with a jingle for that, too. Strangeflavors.store. <laughs> that's that's it right there that's we'll it. just use that we'll sample that yeah so go buy the merch um we made it specially for you and it's gonna be awesome once we all get it rocking um and you'll probably see us with it on soon as soon as ours uh come in um okay so i saw this story on now this and mm -hmm. it was very relevant for the times we live in right now and it was worth discussing everybody's on zoom nowadays for work right um there was an entire and school. school board, huh? For work and, and school. For work, school, for everything. We're on it for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> An entire school board resigned after being caught ridiculing parents during a virtual meeting. This was supposed to be amongst themselves. Uh, they were venting basically about, you know, some of the parents and, you know, the things that they say. But they it was streaming publicly someone decided to record it and publish on youtube and let the world see you know this is what's going on at the school they were concerned they decided to remain anonymous but basically yeah everybody ended up resigning uh after it came out because the parents were upset as we know growing up there's always those parents that are upset anyways but now you have the Given real a conversations reason. a real recording um, basically I wanted to talk about this, like, you know, we're, we're dealing with ethics here, but this is, this is a, uh, a difficult time for everybody during this whole pandemic. We've never experienced anything like this in our lives, right? Um, this was supposed to be something where people are venting privately. Yeah. To a degree, we all kind of do this, you know about our work we're not i guess we're not supposed to or whatever um but we talk to our friends our family and, and say you know today was a tough day whatever but this but this was put on publicly does that make it okay do you feel you know sorry for any of the teachers or is this well deserved what are your guys' thoughts I'm right in the middle because I feel for them for venting because everybody has to vent about their job sometime. You have to blow off some steam. And I'm sure that maybe they didn't have an opportunity that or in a recent time where they felt like they could do that. On the other hand, I have mentioned on this podcast a few episodes ago how much I am feeling for the mothers and the parents that are inside the houses right now because I truly see it. I work with three different families with kids and I see the moms quite literally on their Zoom meetings with their kids running around trying to get them sit up on their Zoom classes, finishing their work early enough to sit back with their kids on the Zoom and not even on Zoom. They have homework and assignments that run a mile long, have to log 90 to 120 minutes per week. And that's not 
on uh, on top of that, it's not like the parents getting paid for it. Obviously, it's their kid. They want the best for them. But this is a whole second job that these parents are enduring. So while I feel for the teachers, these parents are really going through it. So if they need to vent and say these schools need to open up and they have their own opinions about it, I don't think that they should belittle the parents by saying that they just want them to have another babysitter for their kids again. When the reality is that, that the school system is set up there for a reason and that's all that they want from it. Yeah. Appa, you're um, a child rehabilitation therapist currently, right? Mm -hmm. You've had to make that shift with doing things uh, virtually. Mm -hmm. You're kind of in that similar situation where you're having to deal with these people through Zoom. So it's already a tough (laughs) enough environment. But what do you see, you know, through your experiences after watching a video like Mm -hmm. what now this posted? Do you feel for either side? Um, similar to Amber, I guess being in the field myself, I do see both sides of it. Um, it's a very tense environment right now. Everyone wants an answer. Um, it's very difficult. I think the kids out of everyone is like the, 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 for them, it's like the hardest transition, right? You're taking away a whole school year, if not more. It's just confusing times. Um, I, I looked at myself as I was watching this because with my own coworkers, like after we meet with certain patients, clients, schools, like we vent and that happens pretty normally. I guess it's like a very big teaching moment to understand that there are real consequences to these things. And if your words were, you know, pri- public like that, what could be the repercussions of that? And to me, like a good teacher, a good therapist, whatever it is, is someone who talks good about their students, clients, patients in their absence um, and doesn't hold these things to true. I think to some degree, like, obviously, this is work culture. Like, it's not as serious. They might have just been saying certain things. So, yeah, kind of some slack with that. But as far as, like, removing school boards and things like that, yeah, I guess if this is how everyone is feeling, then put people in there who truly, truly care about what's going on and what their opinions are. But it's a hard one because I think... A lot of these people, of course, they resign because when they say something like that, they understand like, damn, like this is a lot for me to handle and I have to step down because I can't say anything besides I'm sorry. And that's a really awkward position to be in. And maybe they they were peer pressured into saying a lot of these things, too, because it's work culture. After like resigning, like what are they going to do? Are they going to become teachers again or like what? Because that's what I'm confused about. It's like if you resign, then you better not be a teacher if like that's why you're resigning. Well, Shamir, let me ask you something like... uh, when it comes to uh, what people do behind the scenes, whether it's recorded or not, we've seen what um, has happened when police brutality has been presented to us as it happens because of cameras on phones. Mm-hmm. And people were saying that, you know, this always existed. So now it's really revealing what was really going on. Therefore, uh, having all of these protests and, and you know, getting people to really uh, ask for some real change going on. So if this were to happen and the way that it did, is it ultimately a good thing for fixing the systems and having people, you know, yeah. watch themselves? Yeah, I, I well, I, I agree with you. Lesson. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they resign, they better not be teachers anymore. Like, if that's their purpose is to, like, you know, clean the school board, yeah. you better mm-hmm. not be a teacher ever again. Do you see this as like an honest mistake, though? As like a venting Well, one of the teachers even related. She said, I have my own kids and, you right. know, there's this <laughs> difficult yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and, and some of the things we're saying, like, 
don't generalize, but there's truth to some of these yeah. jokes too. Like, and the, yeah. and the, the thing is like also, uh, there's, they're real people yeah. who are also going through this pandemic, not, not justifying what went on, but I'm just wondering, does firing them during these difficult times uh, make for a productive situation? Mm. I, I think I the know. hard the, the hard consequence that the parents or the hard like decisions that the parents are facing is the fact that these are the same people who are in charge of opening the schools back up and are the same people who are making the decisions for what goes on in those schools and if they have such a nonchalant um selfish attitude in their language in that way how far does that go beyond just this call and I think that that might be translating a lot to the parents. But at the same time, g- generally, as person to person, I feel empathy for them. From yeah. a parent's perspective, I understand that as well. Yeah. Also, from like a student looking at teacher's perspective, I had so many shitty teachers. I'm sure they've said worse about mm-hmm. us and our parents. For sure. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't, There's I'm not like surprised. So much desensitization of things like this. Um, in medical fields and schools that like some of the things that might sound really intense to the average listener is like just every day for someone else. So it's just the intensity of it. And people in those positions like do have a higher responsibility. So fight education with education, like, yes, reprimand them, like, but have them really like go through something to open their eyes to like what they said for sure. Yeah. Let us know what you think of the situation. Let us know if this has ever been you uh, in their shoes. Have you ever said something that you or heard somebody say something in your workplace that you were like, I don't know if, you know, that should be said. And have you spoken up in that situation or remain quiet depending on the circumstances? Regardless, there were consequences that had to be paid. This is what happened. We want to hear from you what you guys think. Yeah. So, guys. (laughs) Listen, oh my very, God. listen very carefully, okay? And Frost, like, just soak up this moment because you're never going to hear it from me again. But in Why the me? last podcast, you were right, okay? You said... Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you go any further... You got his attention. Before you go any further, <laughs> we've done 140 episodes. Till this moment. Nope, nope, nope. That's why I said listen to me carefully because you're not going to hear it again. In the last episode, you brought up, you were like, you know, are you sure you want to say this? Like, come on, no, no, no. And I've been getting really open on the podcast, and I've just been putting all my business out there. And I'm going to say, it bit back already once before, and I mentioned it. But this time, guys, it just made me feel like trash, like a trash human being, okay? And this Yes, our first ever apology. <laughs> oh, Listen, and this gosh. is, and I'm being so genuine when I say this, like, I took it too far i took it too far on the last podcast because i was speaking about another person that person's emotions were involved and that person heard them and they were hurt and like that's and that's the reality of it it's like i had to deal with the consequences of knowing that that person listened to it and now i feel like a terrible person and like like that doesn't even matter like that person's feelings were hurt here's what happened should you be fired off the pod so no, because <laughs> listen, sis, don't come in here all fiery like that. It was a no, great segue. <laughs> Same situation. Okay. I did end up breaking off the situation that we mentioned the last podcast, which was, you know, 
uh, having my high school bully fall in love with me. And I proposed to the audience. I said, should I forgive him? And should I just keep moving and just, you know, be the bigger person? Or should I make him fall in love with me and break his heart? And I said that as a joke. And I even clarified that after the podcast. But I did say it as a joke. However, the person who was not meant to hear it heard that exact thing not only that he went as far to like the instagram post of the clip that was posted so when i sent amber you were excited you were in you were in a moment i was excited and you had instigating (laughs) shimmer over here (laughs) what does he think about me i was like yo go do it do it (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i didn't do it with the malicious intent i genuinely didn't see it going anywhere and i ended up breaking it off and i said it influencer we're content creators no no that came up later i broke it off first and i was like hey listen i just don't have the time energy mental capacity for this um i'm sure there's somebody out there better for you like wish you well and you should have just said you should have just said link in bio link in bio (laughs) straight up instead i get a you know you know personal message at the end of it it said saw the podcast topic about me too i should have known and that's when i was like it's funny because you didn't even share that one i purposely didn't share it and i quite literally was like okay like maybe i'll be safe whatever me and um anithi the intern discussed like maybe even retitling it before it even went out and i was like whatever guys i don't care like i don't care like i put up such i don't care like what was i well, thinking to be fair to be fair for marketing purposes and for clickbait purposes uh what was it like dating my no, making uh, my high school bully my... fall in love with me that's what it said yeah. imagine reading that <laughs> yeah like that's fire and that's yeah. that's really what the story was yeah i know i know so i re- i replied i was like the podcast was purely jokes i literally said the same joke to you which saved me because i did i did say that same joke to them and i was like but everything else between us is irrelevant to that what i said on the podcast right Fast forward, and I was like, I'm sorry, and I hope you take care. Sorry was to, you know, every uh, to not that related thing. And he said, um, you got your heartbreak, LOL. Yo, full circle! Full circle! <laughs> can, we get him on the, can we get him on the podcast yeah. now? Yeah. She broke his heart. She broke the bully's heart. So Tell let's me. just say I want to come back. Bully. I want to come back around and say that even though I felt bad, I did what I said I was gonna do. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, Amber, shit. Amber, stop it. Okay. Let, me, oh, let, shit. let me save you right now. Stop me right now. Stop me right now. This is gonna go on for the rest of like we're gonna be 80 years old, and she's gonna be like, guys. So <laughs> chain effect. It's still. It's still from the last me. episode that affected the last episode. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's still going. I'm still going to say my stuff. I'm just going to make sure I block them off the Strange Flavors account before I start talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Wow. No. The, the, but, real lesson, the, the real lesson of today is your words have consequences. Mm-hmm. Even when you try not to share your podcast because it has a certain title on it, they will be found. This yeah. is public. The internet think, is undefeated. I think the bigger lesson is that regardless of what I personally want to share and I'm excited to share for the sake of tea and for the sake of podcast and the interaction, the reality is there's another human on that side and another person felt something and I feel bad for that. 
in the future, if I do go on, I want to make sure that like, I want to share stories, but I also don't want to hurt people at the same time. And I have to figure out personally how I'm going to do that. Let's get, let's get a closing uh, mental health remark on, on how uh, Amber, let's just say all of us should deal with um, our uh, personal lives on this podcast and how people on the other side should expect to deal with it. What do you think? Go through what you, no, as I said, grow through what you go through, period. Mm. Okay. Grow through what you go through? Yeah. So share it? Keep sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> Share the growth. Just keep going. I'm just kidding. No, learn it's as just you go. learning experiences. Learn, learn it's as learning you go. experiences. All of this is like, at the end of the day, it probably taught you something, taught, teaches the other person something. No, have no those but, but this is your second time. Huh? But this is your second <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, this is the second time. No, it, that's, the first time was not as relevant. That was me. That was a not a topic that was brought up by me. The first time was mm-hmm. a conversation that was like, hey, like about friends wasting time. And I gave like a small smidge example of it. Yeah. Which was clipped, yeah. posted on Instagram, and thrown right back at me. It's okay. <laughs> but it's you guys clips. are going through this like a first time experience. You know, you don't know how to deal with certain things. You don't know how it's figured out. But it's okay. Yeah. Just yeah. grow I do through what say, you go through. I was okay? embarrassed to go back and listen to it to see what I had said. Mm-hmm. But when I did go back and listen to it, I felt a lot better because mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, what are you even mad about? Like, it wasn't even that big a deal." But yeah, I get Amber. it. I'm sorry. It I'm was sorry. pretty bad though. It was pretty bad. And when you apologize, don't justify it. Yeah, Just, I'm sorry. I know. I'm That's sorry. what I said. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I, I would it, hate I, to be on this side. Of that. I feel that Amber is genuine right now. I feel yeah, it. I felt bad. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. You didn't mean. But to. if you, you want me to publicly issues. talk about the next heartbreak, let me oh, know see, in the comments down the, below. This, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jology, Jology, I'm for it. I'm for it. You always got my support. What was? What did you just say? Satyanas kam karab. Look it up after this. Okay. And then well, text the, the, the key is, the key is, grow through what you blow through. What is it? Go through oh. what you grow through. For boss. Blow, blow through. Toe. What you. All right. Yo. Blow everyone just say it at Save the same brother. exact time. Okay, ready? Grow through what you go through. What you go through. Go through. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> And, and on that note, we have somebody who is going to be sharing exactly what they went through to go through what they grow through. Blow through. All right, see, now she's doing it. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is really exciting. Our stranger this week is a very talented young singer from Cali. She just released her first ever EP titled Mercy. So we talk about the themes in her music from pressures of a fast paced society, balancing her South Asian identity while trying to find herself, trying to live out a free and independent life and a whole lot more. She's a lot of fun. She's really funny and really cool. So without further ado, please welcome our stranger, Rehma. Welcome, finally. Sis, we gotta talk. In the flesh. (laughs) We have so much to talk about. (laughs) You you avoided us for it's been it's been a year, right? Wow. You would start it like that. That's how we're starting this, sis. What do you mean? It's not been a year. It's been it's been like five, six months. No, I'm I think it's close, maybe. Actually, yeah. It might be close. Okay. We, We reached 
um, yeah, we I think we were talking and we were supposed to do this podcast a long time ago, and uh, things didn't work out. <laughs> Some people forget uh, which coast that <laughs> other people are on. Sometimes uh, you know you get busy with school. Sometimes but, the world revolves around but, California. But the real reason so. is because we're we're in the presence of a superstar right Bad. here. Oh, shut the fuck Bad. up. Are you kidding me? Swear? Yeah, no, fine. that you can No. Podcast over. All right, this is the end of it. Yo, okay, before anybody thinks that I'm some I just want to say it's really confusing to check your email when it's like EST, PST all the time like Rahma, listen, you're you're in this industry now and and only because you're actually really good, we need to let you know like you got to get it together. Okay, I'll yeah. get it together. She you needs an assistant. If anyone wants like, to be an assistant, apply. And by the way, but don't email her and please don't try yeah. to set up a meeting on a different coast than and her. And you can't no, be, yeah. literally, just text me. Like, why do people want to email so bad all the time? Like, it's 2021. Let's just text. I should have started with a text because you were really good on the text. Right? Like, how, I'm like. How old are you? I'm 20. I'm about to turn 21. Whoa, oh, shit. Baby. That makes, that makes yeah. a little bit of sense. Wait, why? <laughs> Wait, can like we just, we're... from the, like, what's your sign from the jump? Oh, my God. Wait, guess. Ooh. Yeah, oh. Oh my god. You're, you're giving she's <laughs> giving me like Sag vibes. Sag oh my vibes? god, so Nikki. Wow. <laughs> she's a oh, barb. This is wow. Me. Mm. <laughs> no, not a Sagittarius, but hmm, what kind of vibes are you? Ooh. I got hmm. a big ass forehead. Like that's a clue. I wanna say my really sign, but I don't wanna say my sign. Aries? Are you a scorpion? I'm an Aries. Guys, let me Aries? let me know when you guys are done this, and then I'll come back to the podcast. Hmm. Yeah, skip two okay, minutes. Hey, we're about listening. to ask for your signs too. Okay, mm. so just one second. Okay, so she's an Aries. I gotta look that up because I like you so far. Yeah, I'm an Aries, and I'm a Leo rising and a Libra moon. Do you? Know you what just that means? pissed both of them off like really bad <laughs> because what? they hate detailed um, moon signs. Why? Talk. Why are you guys so against it? It's just fucking zodiac. Can you like, guess my sign though? Are you a Scorpio? No. Okay, I thought because you said Scorpio earlier, are you my sign? Okay, but um, mm. I'm seeing like maybe Taurus energy. Okay, I'm I'm okay with Taurus energy, but I'm not okay, a Taurus. You tell me. I don't want to. I'm do a Libra. This. Oh, beautiful! I love Thank Libras. Thank you, we're, dude. We're sister signs. <laughs> she's she's like I feel Libra. That. <laughs> yeah, I love that for us. Can we do the interview now? I love having girls <laughs> on this podcast. Is it okay? Is it okay if we... Do you want to be a co-host? Yeah. Just come back every week. I'll come back. I'll come back. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure I can do this EST. really good. <laughs> EST, shut the fuck up. Dude. Wait, what are your guys' signs? What, what's yours? For us, what's yours? And then Shimmer, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's no, not going to matter. It's not going to change You're not going to die. <laughs> You're not going to die. I'm a, I'm, a Ca- I'm a Capricorn. Did you see that coming? Yes. <laughs> see? See, this is exactly what I mean, people. So he's it doesn't not a matter. Capricorn, but, but when but I what tell she you say? the sign, you'll really understand. No, she already said yes. Like she, she that thought that sense. that made sense. But he's not a Capricorn. But he's not a Capricorn. It could make sense if you were one. I know any of them could make sense if That's I said true. that I was that one. Yeah, because maybe they're all elements of the universe, so it could be a universal thing. You know, like could apply to more than one thing. You know, guys, just like tell her your signs and keep it moving. Yeah, just tell me your signs. Yeah, well, it's important uh, for me. 
I already told you mine. All right, let's do the interview now. So that- he's a Leo, and Shamir is a. What am I? I don't know, cause like. Dang. Snail. <laughs> uh, no, I'm no, no, no. Virgo, 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 Virgo. Snail sign. Yeah, snail sign. Virgo. Okay, I see. No, that. he's not a Virgo. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> I'm a snail sign. Okay, this is disappointing. <laughs> okay, Rahma, you it's have good, incredible, okay, enthusiastic energy, and and we love it, and. It might be because it's earlier in the day for you, or it might be because this is how you are. But I didn't expect this based off of the music. What'd you expect? I'm really not a Leo, are you? Amber, Amber. What the heck? We're on the interview. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I'm trying to... Okay, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> She's like what? doing her own thing. Over, like... <laughs> She's going to be FaceTiming him in a, because in a minute. Because I'm upset. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Amber, you can you can try to be friends with her afterwards. She's we're this making is her, conversation. Go ahead this, and instead of talking for, about it, why don't you ask her your next This is question PR then? for her, so this will be good. <laughs> oh <Go> my god. <laughs> yeah, so I mean when I heard your music, right? It was like, well, first of all, you're incredibly talented. Fire. You, Thank you guys. I don't like I wouldn't just say that and we don't ju- like there are artists that reach out and they're like, oh like play my music or like, you know, have me on the show, but you know, um, it's just one of those things where you want to promote, like I was telling you with the Instagram follow for follow thing, you wanna you wanna go towards quality, um, right. and and you're and you have quality for real. So it was really nice hearing that. But yeah, you're you're when it comes, we'll get into the album. But like your um, I guess your themes are very personal and very uh, insightful of things that you're going through and dealing with. So I, maybe I expected like you to be more mellow or whatever but is that is it very different than your art like your personality so yeah i think i'm a lot like more energetic and enthusiastic than people always would assume i don't know i feel like in my music i'm really outspoken so i thought that would translate like you know like in my character like people would assume i'm very like outspoken and loud but i definitely am a little bit I, I express the darker parts of myself in my music, which is weird, but it's cool. It's like y'all get to see two sides of me, I guess. <laughs> do your do your friends and your family or like uh, anybody who like knows you get surprised by the content of your music or do they basically know? My parents. <laughs> in a bad way or a good way? They're like, you talking about that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but, but are they supportive? Yes, always. They're very supportive. And it's like rare to find, you know, South Asian immigrants be supportive. But like, I think they knew that I wasn't going to stop making music anytime soon. They were like, okay, this bitching will stop. So at this rate. Did you start early? I, I was, I've been singing since I was literally two years old. So like, this is something that I like really love doing. So if they were to stop me, they knew that they would just be stopping me as like a person, you know? So it's like, let this let this girl do her thing like yeah what what is your like your story your family's story when it comes to this you know brown girl who's grown up in uh the west coast um what was like you know your your upbringing like and and trying to find yourself along the way okay so i actually wasn't even raised in the west coast my parents immigrated to america in like the 90s i believe and From? my parents they're straight out of Karachi. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're very much from look at, Karachi. Look at that! Sh- look at that smile and shimmer. <laughs> Karachi, Karachi boy over gang. There. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like they're straight out of Karachi. Very much, you know, like that. 
hard mentality like y'all need to do good in life and you know be successful in whatever you do um, but when they came they really built everything from ground up like you know that immigrant story like i came with two dollars or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. and then they i'm sorry i stole that joke from hassan minhaj i just gotta say i'm not a, i'm not a stealer Hassan, Hassan Minaj uh, stole that joke from his parents from and, and all of our parents, so it's okay. They That's all have, true. I think all of our parents said something along the lines of that, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, yeah. So they came through here and we were in, I was born in Houston, you know, H-Town where Meg and Beyonce were born. There we go. I was going to say it, but I tried to stay quiet. <laughs> Look at the lip bite. The lip bite was serious. <laughs> this is like the, the trend everyone's doing, like. <laughs> yeah, be, like, I know. Funny. Like, like Niyati and Hadia, they always do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the it's finger. A, I'm sorry, I'm one of those young people. people thing. But I got I'm so glad when you mentioned H Town that the first thing you said was Megan and Beyonce because that's why? mandatory. Because H Town hotties, like, why yes. would I not? Travis, yeah. Scott, are you a hot girl? Let's go. I'm, I'm a hot girl. I go to school and do music. <laughs> I am a born hot girl. Like, you know how it is. Love it. Yeah. So then after Houston, I moved to Chicago. I was raised for most of my life, like around the suburbs of Chicago. So you went to the best places. Wow. I know, right? Especially as an artist. Those are the places you want to be in. Like, yo, Chi-Town, H-Town. Right. Like You're that you you covered all the marks. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Honestly, I, I feel like it was all like kind of like destiny. Like I was supposed to be in all these places and experience all the people. Like, and, like it makes you cool, you know? It does. It kind of does. <laughs> I can't be like, yo, Bel Air, Maryland. What's up? <laughs> that sounds pretty cool to me, Bel Air. We, we just go with like Baltimore because it's like, yeah, that's the major city. Sure. But I feel like Bel Air sounds like something you'd come, rep more. Come, come to Bel Air. Come to yeah, Bel Air yeah, and, the and then see what happens. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I guess Bel Air is different in Los Angeles. You know, yeah, you've never different. seen you've never seen so many uh, MAGA hats in your life. Trust me. <laughs> Look, look at her face. She's like, so she's like, oh, I thought it was Fresh Prince stuff. Yeah. No, that's not how it works here. <laughs> okay, so you went Houston to Chi-Town. And then what happened? And then, and then I moved to California when I was 15. I Jeez. went to high school here, like three years of high school in a, a suburb of Orange County. Have you heard of Tustin? No. We've been to OC, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so... It's Orange County area. It's near Santa Ana, near Irvine. Um, and then I I never moved to L.A., but both my sisters moved to L.A., so I live with them whenever I need to go for, like, music or whatever. You're so the I'm youngest? Just, yeah, I'm the youngest sister, but I got a little bro. He's 17. Mm. He's a cutie. Cute. He's cute. Nice. So along the way, you know, you're growing up, you're moving all this time, Um how was it like coming to terms with your identity or are you still kind of figuring that out when it comes to like, you know, you said earlier you want to try to connect with more South Asian people and all that. Like, was it always this way or were you balancing different things? Honestly, from the jump, like when I was in Chicago, like when you're around the suburbs of Chicago, there's a bit of a dichotomy. Honestly, it's like white people and then the people of color, you know, like and it's either you try to fit in with the white people or you are a loser. So, I mean, not necessarily a loser, but that's how they kind of treat like people of color, like as if they don't deserve to be at the same status as mm-hmm. white people, especially back then, like growing up when you're like younger, you don't see all the backhanded shit that was happening and all the um, like covered racism that kind of happened in schools and shit. I mean, I can like think of 
tons of things that like happened to me as a little girl that made me really afraid of like embracing my own skin my food like my culture and I know that's like a similar story between like a lot of women who grow up in America being like a child of immigrants especially first daughters like it's like really hard to like love yourself for some fucking reason because they want to make it so difficult Mm -hmm. but were they like um, go go on Devon Street go live over there no, it was more like, it, I'm telling you, it's like more of like the backhanded shit. It's like you wear henna on your hands to school after Eve and they're like, why does that look like poop? Why is it dirt? <laughs> yeah. Why did, like, or what I used to ask, why does it smell like poop? <laughs> these are these are real questions what? that people ask. It, doesn't doesn't it, smell, like it literally smells like plants. It smells like a herb. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Thank you. (laughs) Maybe I was in shot. (laughs) Maybe you were smelling poop. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Whatever I was using wasn't henna. It wasn't henna. To wipe. Okay. (laughs) That's a. That's always been a weird one though. Um, I've heard that from a lot of brown girls where they get made fun of something like that. And I remember being in Ocean City, uh, which is you know a beach that's close to us, and they would literally have like henna stations. You guys remember that? Mm Yeah. So yeah, it was and, like a gentrified version of a henna tat. Yeah, and it was yeah. like since middle school, the girls would like white girls would be going there and getting henna. But then, yeah, I but would, it would hear be like comments a heart like this. with a stencil. It'd be like right. you know a dragon. But like we yeah. have like the paisleys, and they're like, "What's that?" Yeah. I remember my second grade teacher literally was like, "Go wash your hands," and I was like, "Why?" Oh. Same. And Same. she's like, "Go." She's like, "Why did you draw all over yourself?" I was like, "This isn't dirt," because somebody had just mentioned that. And she was like, I didn't say it was dirt. Why are you drawing on yourself? Go wash your hands. Ember, Ember, who did the henna? <laughs> I mean, I had like an artist, a henna artist did it. So it was, was it was decently done. It was it was nicely done. Okay, it was beautiful. Okay. I got it done at a wedding. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to look out for the teacher for a second and be like, maybe, you know. She wasn't ill-intentioned, like- but obviously uh-uh. she, she had she did lack a, like a level of like outside cultural awareness. <laughs> Why are you okay. out here defending the teacher? I just got to, I just got, I just got to me or whatever, but she, she was just wasn't aware. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so, so it's her fault. It's fine. Okay. So people are telling you that you got poop on your hands. You're not liking it. And what else I mean, it, are you? It wasn't, it wasn't even just that. Like, that's like one thing, like, you know, mm. it's like, it's just the quiet, like you'll never be as Us. good. Yeah, you'll never be us. Like, you'll never did you, touch. Did you think that, too? Did you feel that? Like, oh, I won't be as good or something. Or, like, I want to be white. No, I never felt like I never felt like I wanted to be white. But I definitely internalized, like, all the things they felt about me. I internalized it and felt it about myself. Like, I was like, mm. okay, I'm not as beautiful. I'm not as talented. I'll never do as well. But... At a certain age, like, I, like, just spent a lot of time by myself, and it was, What's like, there? one summer specifically I can remember. What's up? Oh, nothing. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I just remember, like, one summer specifically, I was, like, at home binge-watching Korean dramas that entire summer, and I was just spending a lot of time with myself, and I just, like, woke up one day, and I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, this mm. is cool as fuck. Like, I'm brown and I'm proud of it. I'm going to walk into freshman year in Chicago acting like that bitch. So I mm. basically did that. I literally just, I don't know if it's the Leo rising in me. You guys are going to hate me. No, it's it's clearly the Korean dramas. We yeah. just heard you tell the story. The Korean dramas inspired you <laughs> I think to it embrace was the your Leo own identity. Rising. 
Yeah, it definitely was like a sense of like <laughs> seeing other people embrace their culture so proudly. I was like, you know what? I need to do that too. Like, I need to stop giving a shit about like what these white people think and I need to do what I need to do. So oh, I woke sure. up and I was like, I'm gonna do this. And I made all my brown friends like freshman year, like still of friends. Of high school them, or college? Of high school. Oh, wait. So you you kind of got to identify yourself a little bit early on. She was, yeah, say, she's a, a she's a early yeah. for that. Yeah. Like, that yeah. wasn't even... I feel Most like that people. happened for a lot of the people that I was around kind of our senior year, freshman year in college when we all started really connecting. But I also oh, think what? it has to do with the time because around the time that you nice. were starting your freshman year was the era that I was, you know, right. and that I was starting college. So that's interesting. You know, you know what's a really important uh, thing that you point out is when you saw other people, like the Korean drama thing, you know, uh, when you saw people of other cultures embracing themselves. I think for a lot of South Asians, that for us was African-Americans. Black culture. Mm. Exactly. Black culture. That's where you saw 100%. how, how you know, uh, proud they were of who they are. And you got a chance to see them create their own culture. Yeah. Unapologetically. And we were embarrassed, a lot of us growing up. Um, especially, you know, I guess um, our generation, maybe a few years older than that. All the kids that, you know, had to live through 9-11 um, because because it sucks when you're when you're put into a group that's just like um, tied with really sort of embarrassing things that you don't even understand yet as a kid. But yeah, like that, you know, uh, seeing even later on in life when we saw like Crazy Rich Asians and the, yeah, the yeah. impact yeah. of Black Panther, uh, yeah. these sort of moments become important for us, especially when we're seeing, you know, oh, there's really like brown people that exist now and that are here to stay and we we're not the ones that can really just go back to our and countries like our parents occupying the space yeah exactly i think like also in our culture there's such a like what are people gonna say all the time and there's like such a, a i'm not trying to like you know create any divide within our own community but within our own community there's also a lot of pressure and judgment and that also stops people from wanting to fully embrace themselves in whatever form they are. I think the most beautiful thing you could learn from black liberation across the world is the fact that they don't care what size, where you come from, who you are, like what your religious beliefs are. Like if you are black, you're proud. And that's how it should be when you're brown too. Like it does not matter what your ideals and religious background is or whatever cultural value you grew up with you should be respecting every single person with like the same value you know because it's like i think it's with the older generations a little bit more that's like harder for them to you know assimilate in a country that's so like liberated yeah. already but i think i was just reading about this sorry about to go on a tangent but like i was just reading about this thing about cultural dissonance it's like when our parents leave from their country, they come to America, they're still stuck in a little bit of that mentality that was like, you know, culturally traditional when they moved. And then they come here, they grow up with us as well, and they forget to kind of liberate themselves. And and then you go back to the country that they're from and you're like, why are y'all like more free than me? Like, what's going on? You know? And I was just like, that and is a very And they hold on to that valid. era of when exactly. they left, even if it's evolved since then, because that's their root of their feeling like connected to where they came from. Well, exactly. we've had this conversation recently um, with Leah that, you know, it, it's important yeah. to point out that they have their own struggles. And yeah. 
if if it's our parents, then it's our jobs also to, you help know, them. help yeah. them, uh, you know, cross that bridge or whatever, or at least um, be understanding along the way, but never to, to you know, um, discredit or point and laugh and do the same thing that, you know, mm-hmm. basically we've gone through in our own ways to them, yeah. make fun of them in any way or, or you oh, know, hate never. on them or anything you- like that. You mentioned that when you entered freshman year, that that's kind of when you walked in, you were like, I am brown and proud. In what ways do you think that you kind of represented that? Even if it was internal, like, what was the difference? Literally everything, yo. Like, the people I started being friends with were brown. It sounds like they're Indian, too. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, literally, I remember, like, them being, like, super cool. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them. I don't. I am literally. I'll shout. I'll shout them out. Like they're so cute. Like they were. I great pointed people. that out by the way because sometimes as Pakistanis or as Indians, they won't like traditionally cross, and you didn't care about that immediately. No, bro. I'm not going to put pressure on lines that white people drew on us. That's stupid. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Yeah. That's ama- That's amazing that you were that you were able to um do all that, um. Where did you, where did, um, you know, you start taking singing seriously along your journey and, and want to do it like in a, on a real professional level? I was like 14 and I was in Chicago still. And I remember my uncle, he needed like a little jingle for like this um, platform he was making. I still remember what it was called. It was a horrible song on, in my opinion, I think I did horrible on <laughs> it. <laughs> but you know that's what happens when you make music when you're 14 so i mean i sounded good like i was a good vocalist but it was just like a bad song for me it was called plug and play and that just sounds weird like to... sounds like a commercial <laughs> it, it was a commercial it was like a jingle that i was making and so oh, right I... so that's fine so are you better perform it no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'm about to go in no i'm just kidding but um <laughs> I remember, like, I was in the studio for the first time in my life. Like, I was already professionally recording by 14 years old. Was your uncle, like, paying you for that? Like, putting you in there? He was paying for that one session. Like, that one session he took me to. And he was just like, sing. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Okay. (laughs) He's from Toronto. So, like, he literally was just, like, there for visiting and was like, Do you want to try it? And I was like, yes. So, I just, I recorded something and I was like, whoa, like... I sound great. I could actually do this. I could I could record my own music. I could start writing songs like professionally. Like it doesn't feel impossible anymore. You know, like it did feel a little bit out of reach when I was younger. I wanted to be a lawyer for some reason. <laughs> so I like really switched my mentality and I was like, no, I can do this. Like 14, I think was a very pivotal age for me. <laughs> but <Chicago>. even, <laughs> even then you didn't think like, oh, this is like expensive to get in here or like that didn't cross your mind? Were you like, oh, I could do this in my bedroom or? It wasn't expensive. It was a really cheap studio. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was like, it wasn't like a thousand dollars. Like I was professionally recording, but it wasn't like a top notch. Like if you're a talented engineer and you can like do your job, like it'll make it sound high quality, you know, like, so he was just like, I think that guy specifically, he was very patient with me. Like I was only 14 and he was just like, yeah, like you're killer. Like you're killing this. And he was like, just really motivating me yeah he was he was a cool guy i don't remember his name unfortunately but and before that you were like singing just in your life or like how'd your uncle even know that you were about it like did you used to sing at parties or something oh my god yes that's a good that's a good memory to think about but i was literally that kid that all the family at at all the family (laughs) parties like they threw me up and they're like sing for us and i'm like (laughs) 
Was it scary or? Yes, I have such bad anxiety when I was a kid. Like I did not know how to sing live. Like I was like always nervous, like that I was not going to be good enough. That I, I was like putting the pressure on myself as a kid to sound like Whitney Houston, like at 14 years old. Like, <laughs> like girl, you're not going to sound like Whitney. You're 14. And that's, without a, vocal that's a good lessons? goal though. Like set, set yeah, the bar high. Yeah, without vocal lessons. I went to one vocal lesson and I hated it. Because mm. I was Why? like in choir my whole life. And then, like, she was, like, talking to me, and she's like, do you want to sing country music? And I was like, bitch, I want to sing Aretha. Like, what are you saying? Like, <laughs> like don't ever say that again. <laughs> I see I see on your YouTube, like, you've, you've got some uh, videos from five years ago. And then, you know, you got these covers and all of that. I believe I saw in somewhere that you were doing, um, you had a Desi cover at some point, didn't you? I did. It should be up there. It's the Can't Help Falling in Love and Therevin, like, mashed oh, up. Okay, okay. You, you mashed that up. Yeah. So that's cool. You, oh, yeah. Bilingual uh, cover over here. Yeah, it's you, actually, it was cool as fuck to do that. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, like, is that something that you would uh, be interested in uh, doing again? Like, down your. I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think my Urdu is the strongest, but, like, I would love to keep. I mean, I've said this before, but. I can't wait to like work with more South Asian artists and, you know, include them in my process with making music one day. And I really hope to work with people who are actually from Pakistan and India. And I already have like the first two songs I put out on Spotify were a feature of Talal Qureshi, who is literally a Pakistani EDM producer. And he's like the coolest guy ever. And he like helped me form a sound before like anybody else, like he like really was like, you know, you need to stick with like this jazzy thing you're doing. Like you have such cool lyrics, like you need to do all of that. And so he was like super, super cool to work with. And That's I remember really cool. he took me to this. Yeah, it is super cool. He was like at a studio with me with Seagal Mixmaster, who used to work with like Snoop Dogg and like all these people. And like he's super cool and like has such cool stories. Dope people. Yeah, yeah. I, I say that because, you know, there's people that get really excited when they hear even just a hint of, you know, something that they can relate to in their own thing. Like when mm -hmm. I think Zayn Malik's whole thing is that, you know, he has, yeah, the 1D fans, but then he has, uh, you know, entire like subcontinent behind him just because right. he makes like the smallest little references or says something in Urdu, like in a song or something. And people are like, oh, my God, he acknowledged us. So maybe like yeah, that's I, I think like sometimes we take that for granted like how far people from our own culture sometimes might just like support us and give us that kick we need to make it uh you know global or whatever and never forget them definitely like i really think that the biggest thing for me was making sure if i do put something out in urdu or if i make it so it touches a certain audience i want it to be done in like the most best like professional way like that cover I did, I think that was like after multiple tries of like trying to make a mashup of a song that really felt like authentic and unique to me, but still like something that could like be digested and respected by the community. Like I, I really take it like personal to me and I'm trying to, you know, do it in a way that it's like, it's not done just to like throw it out there that I'm brown, you know, like it's something that's important to me. I want to make sure that like y'all know that this is real stuff that I'm like going to work hard for and not just like give you like an inch of an Urdu word like Zay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Salam alaikum, and everyone's like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's yeah. so true. 
I but mean, he's, we don't... he's a great person. I'm not saying that. But, like, I do recognize that he is also not probably as connected to the culture in his music. But that's okay. Some people aren't. But, like, I want to make sure, like, that it's, like, a little bit closer, you know? Yeah, like, we don't know how uh, how cultural somebody might be or how much they want to connect. And just like, you know, you were saying that one person in the studio who really encouraged you and gave you that confidence versus uh, people that were telling you, like, you know, wipe that shit off your hands in Chicago. <laughs> um, there's a difference between people who, who, you know, really empower you and make you feel belonged uh, and right. say, like, you know, keep trying, you know, you're, you're doing good or like you did this one thing like that's great um, versus just shutting it down and being like, no, canceled. Like, that's not that's not yeah. us, like whitewashed, whatever it is. So yeah. it's going to be so much more of that as we grow up. But yeah, uh, yeah and we honestly, never know. Honestly, there are a lot of like South Asian American artists who who like are connected to their culture in their music, but aren't necessarily connected to the people and the community. You know mm. what I mean? Like I, I see that sometimes people use it as like a niche and like make it some sort of aesthetic which is fine like that's a display like displaying your culture is like a form of expression and that's cool but like it's also like at a certain point like i hope to see these people also support the community and like uplift the artists and the creators who are also like you know south asian american that's just how i feel though but yeah yeah have you seen what's been going on on TikTok? I'm sure you're scrolling on there and being like, yo, I need one of these viral hits. <laughs> I, I I love TikTok. I hit 18.3K on there like recently. Nice. Nice. Great platform for South Asian creators as well. But particularly for artists uh, and singers like yourself to, to yeah. innovate and, and try things out and just, you know, Thanks, have people sure. discover you, get your music out there. Hell yeah. I owe so much of my EP success to TikTok. Like... Uh, when I put out my first single, Lavender, I promoted it on my TikTok and I was like, yo, everybody like this video. I just put down a single, like, I'm trying to buy my mom and dad a home. So like, y'all better- Oh, you did one of those with the music in the back that's like, dun, 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 Yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. Dun. Emotionally blackmail the audience a little bit. Nice. <laughs> I'm 20 no, year old brown artist. I just no, want to make it. No, quite literally. No, no, I didn't mean- <laughs> was picking just, on me in Chicago, Houston. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't. I, I genuinely I don't use it as like a sob story, but I use it as something to relate to. You know, it's like I'm South Asian American. Like we can do this. Like, you know, like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> did you did you know like Internet culture and how to use it to your advantage? Of course, and stuff I'm like 20 that? years old. Like <laughs> I grew up through this shit. <laughs> yeah, because I know like a lot of artists, they like just make music and like they don't know how to use social media or whatnot. But it seems like you're very like, especially through your Instagram and stuff. You seem like you know how to use the Internet really well. Yeah, I think I, I think I might know pretty well because I am a younger artist and you Were know, you a Tumblr girl? The internet no, but like she doesn't my know what Tumblr is. <laughs> no, my older sister was a Tumblr girl, so all mm. of her like I was getting Tumblr phase girl with Tumblr it bled into me a little bit, low key. Mm. Like <laughs> she put me on House of Balloons by the weekend when he like first dropped. Like in two thousand I was listening to the weekends and I was eleven because of her. <laughs> like, wow. I was I should have not been listening to the weekend at eleven years old. Let me tell you that. <laughs> he says some naughty things and his music. We, it's okay. We were listening to Candy yeah. Shop like when we first yeah. moved to this country. So <laughs> true. <Sorry>. true. <laughs> yeah, y'all like that's nothing. Yeah. Well do you I was gonna ask like, you know, yeah. when it comes but, to TikTok and um 
just just all of your social media and all of that like do you think about how you want to market yourself and get your stuff out there and like really try to pull off techniques um that's not just like music stuff it's like you got to actually uh sit down and plan how to promote and all that kind of stuff definitely when i was first debuting as an artist um Hasib, who's my producer for the Mercy Project. He Shout out like, Hasib, really he's been on the podcast. Media. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Shout I know out. he's the one who recommended like to really go on here as well. So shout out Hasib. Hasib the few. Um, he was like, you need to get your social media game up. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, I don't care that much about social media. He's like, social media is your friend. You were literally born in that generation. Like, do what you need to do. And I'm like, you're right. So I just kind of used it to my advantage in the sense where I was like, I'm going to post like, you know, pictures of me and my cool little outfits and see how that does. Maybe I'll post some things like about my culture, see how that does. And like the best engagement I got was usually when I like was telling stories and my captions about like how I grew up and like why I got into music in the first place and how I'm going to continue doing this. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's all a marketing strategy, but it was all very authentic, like just me being myself and putting shit out that I know people would give a fuck about because it's yeah. me. You do, you recommend, uh, do you recommend that for like most artists coming up? Yeah, dude, like I think everybody should be on social media and it's hard for you to like, you know, be that artist who's stuck in the closet, like dark, tortured soul these days. Like you really <laughs> have to like be on social media and express yourself and put yourself out there because it's like you can be that like little tortured artist who like doesn't put themselves out there like that but it needs to be done on social media <laughs> <laughs> like be that tortured soul on social media like you know what i mean like just put yourself out like this world is so globally connected now because of social media it's almost like if you're not doing it i'm confused yeah, yeah. that's my Before opinion before you um, came on this podcast and before, you know, I even heard your music, actually, uh, Hasib reached out personally and said and recommended you. And he's somebody that I've been following for some time, really respect his grind, his hustle, his, his artistry um, and his opinion. So when he yeah. said, you know, you know, could you please have this person on the podcast? It was like, oh, this must be somebody special. And it turned out, yes, you know, yeah. of course, it's it's super quality as expected. But I wanted to ask you along the way, you know, uh, what did Hasib mean to you? How did you guys meet and, and how hands on was he during this debut project? Yo, that's so much love. I I actually have so much respect and love for Hasib because he like, put faith in me as an artist before anybody else really Um like as a as as a project like a whole project you know he he actually posted a video on twitter once and it was like a mask off challenge i believe he was rapping on top of a beat and i was like damn this dude got bars so i was like oh, so you I found like, him like organically online yeah i literally found him on twitter because someone like retweeted him or something and i just dm'd him and i was like yo like this is when i literally only had like three songs on my soundcloud and it was like shitty mix and like horrible. I literally made it in my closet. So it was like songs from when I was like 14. The most recent song I had put out though was Rain Talk. And this was like when I was still in high school. And I was like literally writing on my whiteboards in high school. SoundCloud.com slash Rahma Music. Like please everyone go listen to my single. 
<laughs> I was forcing everyone. That's to the be best. That's the best time. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I was about to make my senior quote that, like, my SoundCloud link. Oh, that's funny. That would have been fire. That was really funny. <laughs> I know it would have been fire, but I missed the deadline. Oh. <laughs> Typical, oh, right? Oh, sounds, oh. sounds similar wow. to EST. Huh. The deadline was EST. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had Brain Talk out, and I, like, DM'd it to Hasib, and I was like, can you listen to this? Would you be down to collaborate with me? <laughs> collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> me trying to get that plug you know how it is like i'm on the grind too okay like <laughs> and so i messaged him and i'm like um would you want to like ever make music and he was like yeah you're good come to paramount and like scratch a verse for me or like listen to some songs and we can we can make something and i was like okay so i think he likes rain talk but i know he thinks that it's poorly mixed as fuck so I go to Paramount and I pull up with my mom and my dad because <laughs> my parents are like, you're not going to some random person's studio by yourself. We're going to be there and we're going to sit through the whole session. Right. Like snaps. Right. to them. And at the time I was like, mama, papa, like I can do this. Bitch, you're 17. Like sit down, you know. Mm -hmm. So they they came to the studio with me and Hasib had hella respect because like, you know, they came through and sat down and he was like, my parents were not there when I was 17. You need like, those are keepers. And I'm like, mm. obviously, <laughs> please just make a song with me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then I remember, have you guys heard Play Love off of his album? Play Log? Play Love, sorry. Play Love. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure. Are you featured on it? Yeah, it's the last song on his growth album. Okay. That's, well, then, yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was literally 17, and he, like, invited me, like, that time. And I literally put down that verse, like, right there. Like, <laughs> I was just like, hey, guys, I'm going to do this. And I remember his engineer, Corey, was super patient and super, like, kind during the process as well. So it was, like, super easy to work with him. Honestly, beautiful chemistry in the studio. Us three were, like, kicking it. Like, we were really just vibing, talking. It was super cool. So Hasib reached out to me later and was like, yo, like, do you want to make like a small project? Like, I would like to debut you as like an artist. And I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> so we made a project. Damn. Yeah. So, that's a here. That's a yeah, huge... that's very rare for, for that to happen. And, and yeah. like, you know, for somebody who actually is good at doing it, that's some like yeah. Billie Eilish and Phineas shit right there. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. For real, That's yeah, Hasib's dope as fuck. Like, I'm really grateful I met him. He'll always be an older brother figure to me and, like, a mentor and someone who will continue I'll make music with for, like, ever. If he wants to. If he wants to make music for me forever. I know at some point he's gonna be like, hey, I have a family. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> but, like, I'm gonna keep bugging him. He actually just texted me. He's like, I think your speaker arrived. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so funny i feel like uh the the chemistry is probably great too because you're very uh you're very like bubbly little sister and he's like mm -hmm. probably like yo like <laughs> you, no, this quite gotta literally. be right that's no cool. quite literally we were on our show for the first oh yeah he took me on like tour after mm -hmm. we recorded a few songs he was going on tour with like a few rappers like science code of the friend like all these cool ass rappers and then he's like do you want to come and i'm like me <laughs> me little old me and i'm like sure yeah i'll come like what am i supposed to sing he's like the songs we've recorded and i'm like okay <laughs> so right. i pull up and i'm literally this little brown girl like sitting with all these rappers <laughs> like 
<laughs> and I'm like, hey guys, I'm here to sing um, a song off my upcoming EP. <laughs> Did, does awesome. he ever put you in your place? Yes, all the time. He like I'm telling you, he play, he like plays like that older brother role. Definitely, he's like Rahma, post more. Like you need to like put your music out. Like stop doing, you know, like put me in the place where it's like for the benefit of me always. Mm-hmm. Never like like bossing me around. Like fuck that. I would never let that happen to me either. But yeah. he's like a really kind person. He would if ever if it ever was putting me in place. It's like more of like a criticism mm-hmm. to like help build the platform definitely. well that's that's the thing about people that you know are of of some serious substance is that whenever they give that sort of criticism it's always coming from a place of like i know what you're capable of and i it's want love. and like you know their their opinion their and their quality has a certain standard and so like if you can you know get to that it's like you'll you'll succeed so it's it's awesome that he's um he has that kind of love and respect for you um, being so much younger too. Let's talk about um, the album. We've been we've been you know uh, hinting towards it the whole time, but your debut album is called Mercy. Talk about what the inspiration behind the name was. So it's not an album, but it is a short album. I think they call it an EP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Mercy EP was um, named the Mercy EP because my name is Rahma, and ding, ding, Rah- ding. hey. <laughs> Hey, shocker. <laughs> and it directly translates to like God's mercy or like universe's mercy or just mercy, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, whatever you were to call it. I think a lot of that exists in the way I grew up and who I am. It translated well into my music, the kind of lyrics I wrote. It's it's all about like, you know, just have a little empathy for yourself. Have a little empathy for your growth, your identity, um, the love patterns you go through everything in life like just be kind to yourself and forgive yourself and be okay with like the fact that you will never be perfect and that's okay you know so the mercy ep was just like a powerful narrative about like just being rahma and being the most authentic version of myself and i think it shows in the music like you hear what i'm talking about it's like this is just like the everyday shit i'd be going through like lavender is literally about just hating life of like the rising grind attitude that everyone has. Like, I hate that shit. Never want to go through that ever again. In the, in the lavender music video, it's really cool because you're like, you're at college and it's like, everybody is doing their thing around you. And you're like almost in this time bubble where you're like, yeah. pause, <laughs> let me commentate on what's happening. Is that what the college experience was like for you? Where you're like, yo, yeah. this is like, I'm in a different zone or something. Like, what was Head it? Space. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm still in college, so it's like that always. Like, I really value education, and I really care about it. Um, It'll always be something that's important to me, because I know that that's, like, one of the things that my parents really wanted when they immigrated here, for me to graduate from a really great university. So, for me, it's always been, like, knowledge is power. Knowledge allows me to make, like, write better songs. Like, if anything, this is going to help me in the future. What are you majoring in? I major in sociology and I minor in music. Ooh. Super awesome. cool. Yeah. So when I was in school, like I was a community before I had transferred to like a really good school. And that's when I was like shattered. I was like, oh, this shit really kills you. Because like community isn't as liberating as it would be to be on like a four year campus. You know what yeah. I mean? And like 
be like doing big things with whatever university you're at. But then when I wrote Lavender, I was thinking about what would happen if I did go to like a four year university right out of like high school, you know, it would be like, okay, join like the party culture and like do stupid shit and like waste your energy on like people who don't care about you. Maybe like, I don't know, just didn't feel authentically. It didn't feel like something that would fit my life at the moment. So I wrote Lavender because I was like, you know what, fuck the normal thing that everybody's supposed to do, like go to a four-year and like live their life. I'm going to Well, it gonna starts off, You uh, the th- first three lines, got pages of shit I'm trying to do in life, but I'm stuck in this fast-paced grind, nine to five, got me messed up by the night. Exactly, because that whole like, I need to do nine to five job one day to sustain myself really scared me. I was like, I'm not about to, I'm not about to do a nine to five. You will not care, I will be on the streets before I do a nine to five job. Like that's how much I wanted to put towards my music. You know what I mean? Like I'll do this first. So that's what it was for me. Is that like a, I know, I know I uh, have felt that way for a while, but is that, do you think a lot um, of the mentality with your generation too, where it's like, just, I don't want to work for anybody and you know, freedom and all that. Do you think that that's like a Gen Z thing or no? It could be. It definitely could be. Like, and I'm glad that it is a generational thing because we should be breaking that. Like, people don't need to assert their value on like productivity and going to a nine to five. Like, people should be able to make good, livable money, like just by doing what they want, like creating art. And that's still a form of work, you know? Like, mm-hmm. people should be able to like like, for example, like this whole Spotify thing that's going on, there are literally protests happening on the streets for people to earn a penny for a stream. Like, people should be getting a livable wage for their art and the things they want to do without being in corporate America. But this is the reality. Like, we have to perpetuate such a gross culture like that, like, only, like, working in this kind of environment will give you, like, a sustainable life, you know? Mm. So I hope it's a generational thing, like, should be. I like that you said that it scared me rather than feeling like you're too good for it, because I feel like a lot of times when people are against the 9-to-5 idea of work, they're like, oh, I can't do that because I'm not about that. And I think that it's important that you say scare because that's a more relatable feeling, I feel like, especially to your generation. It's like the idea of working in that format brings me a certain level of anxiety and that's the reason why I don't want to do it because there's other opportunities for me out there rather than I'm too good for that life and I feel like that's the main narrative for that for real and it's like you're not better than anyone by not doing a nine-to-five and you're not better than anyone by doing a nine-to-five you're just Mm -hmm. gonna do great in life if you do what you want to do you know like just do what you want like don't judge other people and like think that you're like above them exactly yeah. yeah, for sure. Of course, you had um, the the song "City" with Hasib on it, which was great. I love that one. Uh, but the one I wanted to really highlight was "Hit List." I think that, oh, yeah. without a question, when that song came, like I think Shamir, like we were listening to it. Ross and I were like repeating it, like sending it to each other. We're like, "Yo, this it feels like Ariana Grande like dropped." Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a fair comparison to say, but we we're like, "Yo, this could be an Ariana Grande song." No, if yeah, it feels like a like it's. It's rightly titled Hit List. It's a hit. Like, it sounds like it could be on the radio and people would be bumping this thing. Like, when you made this song, did you know that, like, did you feel something special about it at all? Um, actually, Hasib felt something special about it. When I 
See, he knows this guy. No, but like the thing is, I love all the music I make, but like sometimes I favor more songs over the others, you know. And like when I was making Hit List, I was also making like two other pop tracks, and there was this one song that I fucking loved that I really wanted to put out, but apparently the beat that I used had already been sold to someone, or like because it was it wasn't made by Hasib. That Hit List beat was not by Hasib. It was by like some pop producers from OH1 Music. And they were like, yo, we're so sorry. Like, we actually already used this beat. Like, you can't use it. And I was like, fuck. And the Hitless beat? Yeah, no, not the Hitless beat. Oh, something else. Just another song that I was recording at the time mm. of Hitlist. That and then like we more. recorded Hitlist. And then Hasib was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Like, this is a banger. Like, this is the yeah. one you can dance to. And I'm like, you're right. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it sometimes feels like it's just an that already thing. like famous song that you kind of just like keep listening to. Like you already yeah. have it in your music library, but it's like a bomb ass song. It's catchy. It's definitely a catchy mm-hmm. tune. Hit yeah, that's catchy. exactly what it is because it's like yeah, we all have our different. Especially when we're the ones making the song, where we gravitate towards the one that feels the closest to us or right. something special about it. But and that's what the case was here, where I was like, you know, I really liked, you know, Lavender was dope, and then City, it just has this awesome vibe, and that was like my favorite one. But then when I heard Hitless, I was like, oh, like it's a rap, because oh. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, you don't. Hasib does. So no, I do know what you mean because I I made the song. You know. So. Yeah. Okay. 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 She said what she said. Yeah. So I do really love the song. I think it's about a really cool thing too. It's literally about like being like, yo, I know you may see like me like as a body and like someone you can just sleep with, but I'm like more than that. Like I'm the happy ever after kind of girl. You know, like. Ooh. I, I want like sustainable relationships. Like I want people who give and take equally like a good wholesome thing going on. Here. She's strong, she independent, yeah. she a Leo rising. Exactly. Go. Oh, he's hopping on the train. I'm not hopping on a single train. Okay, but speaking of sound, I don't know, I get I listen to a lot of like Janae and then, you know, when the SZA love um album, I can't remember what that album was called, whatever. Control. Control. Um, like Kalani, like those types of things. I don't know what it is when I hear you. I just like feel those vibes that I feel when I listen to them. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. have, do, are they your inspiration slash who are your inspirations? Yes. I think that all those women are my inspirations. They're so talented. I was listening to a lot of SZA, Kalani, Ariana, Janae around that time. Like, cause I was like, 17 when I first started recording the Mercy Project like Dreaming is the first song I ever recorded with Hasib and Corey and I remember just putting down whatever came to me like just singing and I think the most genuine thing that came out at that time was like my inspiration surrounding me like those ladies and I think a lot of like the older like ballad queens like Celine, Mariah, like mm. they inspire me. Aretha, Etta, Dinah Washington, all the old jazz singers, like everything that I grew up listening on translated really well vocally onto that project. So I think that it definitely does give that vibe of like the old school R and B feel, you know, like mm-hmm. that's like it. That classic feel of that, yeah. I feel it gives that. you a warm feeling in your soul. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, Miss Rehma, I want to ask you a question. What oh, do you wow. think is more important, giving mercy or getting mercy? 
Giving mercy. I didn't get it. Giving mercy. Giving mercy. Talk about it. Because the more... Um, I think when I, when I say giving mercy, it's like, give it to yourself as well. Like, number one, give it to yourself. Mm. Second, give it to everybody else. Translate it into the world. Because the more you give out good things, the more good things will come back to you, you know? And I think if I go around asking for mercy all the time, then, like, I would feel like I'm not being myself. Then, you know, I'd have to be, like, really watering myself down around people if I need to ask for mercy all the time and, like, feel like I'm not... I don't know what I'm saying. But, like, you know what I'm saying, you know? How do you... How do you um deal with people who have wronged you what do you make of it um after after years um mostly, lyrics i'm just kidding yeah check the lyrics I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can refer back to the mercy ep for that question i'm just kidding <laughs> ask mostly, my agent <laughs> most of the time i forgive and forget because mm. it's easier to do that i can't i honestly do not have the emotional capacity to sit around and dwell on the shit that people have done to me because I got places to be y'all y'all know this like it's just too much effort to like hate people and like have so much like pain Animosity. I'd rather just forgive yeah I'll forgive For and sure. forget you know word like, word yeah well um so I saw on your IG story once, I couldn't really find it much outside of that, but you did mention that you're a part of the LGBT community. And if you're comfortable with answering, like, in what way do you identify and is it like challenging with your brown identity? Yeah, I mean, I think the, a big reason why I wasn't able to like really ever come out was because I'm brown, you know, and like it's a little bit harder to come out in a community that's like Pakistani, especially. Um. But I realized one day that it's okay. Like, love is love, you know? And I'm I'm very open to whoever is a good person and, like, cares about me and is authentic. I'm not about, like, the traditional marriage form either. Like, I'm very just open. I don't really label it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I try not to, at least. But what people I used to say Oh, you're like, the plus. Yes. I'm the plus. Mm-hmm. I didn't Correct. know there was plus. So would I be wrong in saying pansexual? Yeah, I mean, I usually the the word would be pansexual. Yeah. Mm. Because mm. like I remember like when I first was like opening myself up to it and like being like, "Yo, this is a part of you, just like let it shine." I was like, "Oh, I'm bisexual." And I was like, mm. "No, because like that's seems kind of limiting too. Like what if someone doesn't identify with girl or boy? I'd be open mm. to that too." It's like mm. it doesn't matter. All people, human mm. beings you're a good person I fuck with you you know and did you kind of have that as an internal struggle growing up or was that like something that you always knew and kind of like you know were kind of open with it was definitely it was definitely an internal thing I it was more of those things that like yeah you feel it but suppress it like whatever you can do just suppress it like if you like a girl suppress it like Mm -hmm. if you have had history with a girl suppress it don't talk Mm -hmm. about it and then when it came to the times where it was like, just be yourself, it was like, okay, it's getting easier. And then I just didn't feel the need to ever come out because mm. I felt like that was too much pressure. It's like, yeah, no one needs to know if mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them. I'll just, you know, like, 
mind my business and love who I love and I won't bother anyone and that will be enough for me so so you never felt the need to not only come out on the internet but in real life either I actually no I came out in real life I came out to my friends like in college I believe I was just like yeah I fuck with whoever and they're like hey good for you girl like (laughs) (laughs) and did that ever make it back to your family Yes, I did tell my parents, and they're like, yeah, love is love, do whatever mm. you want. No, I'm telling you, like, my parents, like, grew up with me, like, they liberated with me, like, growing up. Like, mm. I owe it a lot to my older sister, honestly, because she's the first child, but they were just like, my dad was like, hey, you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really cool that your parents said that. It was hard. It was hard to bring it up. It was like, <laughs> like I was yeah. like, <laughs> shaking in my boots. But it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it's easier when once you hit you did the Houston, you did the shy, and then it was meant to be in California. You're like, this is where I can do this thing, and that's why your friends and your parents were like looking around, and they're probably like, okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It might have been a little harder very... you were in Virginia or something. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I owe it to California. <laughs> California is a very liberated state. It's like very much different mm-hmm. from. A lot of the other states in America, unfortunately. They're more worried about you being a good person, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. No, they really are. Like, at the end of the day, all they care about is, like, I know you're a good person, Rahma. You wish the best for people. Just be who you want to be. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> That's like, dope. Rahma, where, um, where can people find you and, and what do you have uh, coming up that people can look forward to? Where can people find me? Like, mm-hmm. online? Yeah, I don't want your address. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you meant like, where's your favorite books? Like, I know. Shop I know you're like really open and all that, but. Bro, what? Why would you think that that was the question? <laughs> like, what bookstore can you find me at? That's what you thought he was going with. No. I like what is the answer though? I like that. Yeah. What is yeah. it? Like, uh, what my bookstore is? I yeah. don't know. I don't even read oh. books. That was a lie. <laughs> um, I, I, you'll probably. You'll probably Boba shop. Yeah, what, I you, what are you into? Earlier, what are you, you into? Said like, that you were reading it. I know that was a TikTok because I watched that same TikTok. That that's a t- yeah, but I'm also a sociology major and I read about like articles all the time. So th- I actually did read about cultural dissonance, but it is a TikTok as well because you know that weird shit when like you read something and it pops up like on your yeah. for you page the next day. I'm like, damn, my data scientist really got something going on. Like <laughs> it's it's the horoscopes, my god. <laughs> no it is not (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're online uh to follow you to keep up with you and and what can they look forward to okay fine plug it up plug in uh plug in what's it called plug and play plug and play right (laughs) now let's go let's go (laughs) um at mango rahma all platforms social medias um instagram twitter tiktok all those good guys, they're going to be at Mango Rahma. And you can find my YouTube, just Rahma. Yeah. Spotify Rahma. <laughs> Apple Music listen, Rahma. listen to her stuff, people. It's going yeah, to blow your mind. You have a good time. Yeah. So you good. really will. Um, <laughs> I feel like based off of at Mango Rahma, we might be hinting towards the answer to the next question. But let's see. Rahma, you are on Strange Flavors. And we ask our guests a very important question at the end of every episode. And Shamir is going to take that away for you. If you could describe yourself in any flavor, what would it be and why? Mango. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, 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 listen. Did you hear the last part of his question? This better be good. And why? Why? Um, Because I like them. Don't do that to us. Come on. Don't do that. You have these deep lyrics. 
Nope. We, we want something, something deep. deeper, sis. Dude, like, there's why? not. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, come on. Like, why? You know, you could, it could be anything. Like, dude, you know, that's we just some juicy. I don't know. We just fuck with mangoes out here, dude. Like, literally, I, if I had a deeper, like, poetic <laughs> diaspora answer for you, I'd give it. But I don't. Like, I just like <laughs> mangoes. You're Gen Z. You guys have, like, so many ways to identify. And all you're going to say is that fuck with mangoes, yo. Yeah, like, come on, you're letting nothing your about the mango ident- like, you identify with? They're like sweet, but like like rich, elegant. <laughs> just say like, words, in- yeah. <laughs> she's like, right, no, she's right. just describing the no, mango no, but, and hoping no, no, no. her I'm, as well. I'm being, I'm being dead honest with y'all. Like, I'm being 100%. I'm being 100%. I think mangoes are just like... Why'd you get so serious? <laughs> I'm talking about how mangoes. This is a serious topic, bro. <laughs> I think that they're just super sweet and like they remind me of home. And I think like I'm a very like comforting person. Um, there and you I'm go. like a, I, I I'm rich with emotion and love mm. and sweetness and ah, there you elegance. Go. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm willing to give it to all y'all through my mango strange flavor. Here you go. Yeah, about that. Wow. Yeah, about that. Yeah. That's what we That's were looking for. for. That's yeah, what we needed. For sure. See, she had it in her. I but, didn't, but I really pulled that out of my ass for you. <laughs> I can, Everyone I can, does, I can yeah. get a hint of Has- what Hasib probably puts up with just just through that little thing right there. Okay, but, that motherfucker's like beats rhymes Nahari. I'm like, what does r- Nahari mean to you? He's like, my fans just connect with it. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Yo, don't expose him out yeah. here. This is, not, this is not for that. The man's got something going. It's cool. It's like, yeah, sometimes people just fuck with mangoes. Sometimes people just fuck with Nahari, you know? You just and like Re- it. And sometimes people just F with Rehma. Exactly. And, exactly. and after this conversation, so do we, and, and hopefully For so sure. will you. Listen, Rehma, uh, this was super fun. Um, you are, like you know, we have mentioned before, extremely talented, and you have so much you know, to look forward to. You're so young still, and like, we can't wait to see all the things that you make and just wish you the best in life. I would it be too strong to say that I have so much love for y'all after this podcast because you guys are super sweet and like yeah, that's you too guys strong. no <laughs> shut up it's not not to me yeah me and Amber gotta go in like we are about to be friends after this um facts. but <laughs> facts <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful to be on here thank you for having me and um, always love for y'all so like let me know if you ever need me again I'm here and that I is won't. M- I won't mess up the EST. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. <laughs> no, this was. I'm so glad we got to do this. Uh, it yeah. was. It was well, well worth it and worth the wait. It. It took. You know what? It took the right time for that mango to ripen. Because if you ever eat a kacha mango, it ain't it. You let that thing cook. <laughs> she been cooking. Yeah, I was simmering. You know, like just had to be the right moment. <laughs> yeah. Thank. Thank you, Rahma. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Strange Flavors. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. I'm up on a sunrise, get a school right. There ain't no light outside. But I'm up. That's enough. You trying to kick it, I got a shift to five. These kids got parents.